Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. I'll start off by saying I'm bored, I'm broke, and I'm back. <laughs> Gumby, uh, we are back here, another, we're recording a little early this week, it's a Tuesday night, you are listening to the Cult of Cult, thank you all for tuning in, and Gumby, uh, tough, a bit of a tough week, I don't know that there's much to say, we could talk maybe a little bit about the game, I feel like there's actually more to talk about non-game related than game related, which... If you're familiar with the Washington football team organization, um, you know that that's usually not a great thing. But it is the holiday season. I think it's a season, um, you know, a little tricky one this year with hopefully, you know, folks abiding by some restricted travel, um, you know, trying to be safe, knowing that there is a uh, sort of hope on the horizon. Um, You're a holiday guy, right? Oh, I love holidays. You like to celebrate I like to celebrate. Party. I like the uh, the idea of celebration, whether it be holiday or unholiday related. I sure, like a birthday. Yeah. I, I'll celebrate Arbor Day if someone lets me. You know, have a good beer, a Treemeister beer yeah. at that. Yeah. But I'm. Can I tell you, I'm a little disappointed right now. Um. Okay. Why? So yeah, be, go on. Because today, Tuesday, December twenty second, we as Washington football team fans should be celebrating we should be sitting here celebrating the fact that riverboat ron is cancer free yeah this this great coach who's coming to our lives has fought cancer this whole time cancer free we should be celebrating the fact that a man broke his leg in a lot of spots went through what seven to ten surgeries almost had his leg amputated, was never supposed to walk again, let alone throw another pass in the NFL. We should be celebrating Alex Smith as comeback player of the year. If he doesn't get it, that's ridiculous. He, This is amazing. They we should name the award after him after this. They will. I mean, it may be break a leg award, but it still will be an award. <laughs> yeah. um, we should be celebrating that in just a couple days – Christmas is here, that we should be celebrating that just a couple days ago, Hanukkah was here. It was. We should be celebrating. We should be celebrating the fact that we are number one in the NFC East. That's right. They're on the precipice. We'll talk a little bit about that, but uh, there is a light very close to the end of the tunnel. But but I'm not done yet. Yeah. On, On this horrible day in Washington football team history, we should also be celebrating the fact that 
two members of our team are now either first or second team pro bowlers. They are. And Brandon Sheriff and Chase Young. Yep. Now, now I'm not going to talk about the, did, maybe some people missing. Absolutely. But I want to celebrate those accomplishments. Sure. And as of yesterday, Monday, I was ready to celebrate these great accomplishments that are that have come along. And then this morning, well, well, let's get to that in a minute. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a, there was a lot going on today this week, um, and we'll we'll dive into it. Obviously, the Dan Snyder news, the Dwayne Haskins situation. But you're right. This really, we should be riding a high, but man, it's just that lurking, creeping, creeping up on you feeling, and it's and it hits you hard. This team. They make us drink, and every week here on the Cult of Cult, we're going to be sipping on something. So I'll ask you, Gumby, with all of that in mind, what are you sipping on? You better be sipping on something real nice because it sounds like you need some, like, comfort. I I got real lucky this week. Uh, my neighbor let me know that he was going to get a delivery from True Respite, which is located right, right near me in Durwood, Maryland. Really good beer. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their second anniversary stout which is an imperial blueberry waffle stout. Oh, actually. Oh yeah. No, it, it, you can't drink a lot of them, but man, when you start drinking it, 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 it builds up. It gets better. The more, the, the more you finish that, that 16 ounce beer, mm-hmm. uh, and to give credit to tre- true respite. Um, it was not available on the website for delivery and the owner we called and he said, you know what guys, I've got four, four packs left. You guys want two of them. I got you and sent them on delivery. And uh, we appreciated that with true flying colors. But this is a beautiful, delicious beer, and I recommend people trying it. And uh, on Christmas morning, sounds like it's hard to track it down. Frankly, you can still get it at I think uh, Beers and Cheers Two in uh, okay. Gaithersburg. But okay. if you find it and you're thinking about having blueberry waffles, instead of doing that, have this beer and really start your day off with a well-deserved true respite. Now, I said, uh, said, I said, I said you needed a little bit of comfort. It sounds like you got comfort food. I'm ready. I feel like I'm in the South right now. You Ooh. know, I got a big chicken and waffles. Just that was blueberry waffles, and it's a beer. If they make oh, yeah. a chicken beer, I'm all in. Mm. But now that I'm all comforted, Brian, yes. what you yeah. sipping on? So, in the same vein that you have routinely trotted out some of Maryland's finest, uh, as a resident south of the border. Uh, I have a, another Virginia, really a fantastic beer in Virginia, Vossen Brewing Company. They made the Mandarin Galaxy Double IPA. Beautiful. Ooh. There's like a very oh, artsy-looking yeah, no, nice. buck on here. Um, product of Richmond, Virginia, my favorite beer city in the country. I'm still Asheville. I have not been. Very much looking forward to it. Um, this is like a big hazy IPA, Galaxy Citra Mosaic, uh, two row, Ooh. flaked oats, pale wheat, Norwegian yeast. I mean, this is it's a good one. Uh, this is one that uh, really brings me out of the funk of of everything that you're kind of alluding to. 
I, f- I suppose we should just dive dive in on it. Uh, what I, do you I want mean, to start with first? It, we got to uh, cannonball into this pool because there's no yeah. there's no easier way. Yeah. Uh, who first uh, do you want to talk about? Dan Snyder or Dwayne Haskins? <sighs> let's let's go, Danny Boy. Let's let's hit the Danny Boy, the Washington Post story. <sighs> yeah. Um, this this is one where there were rumblings that something was coming from the Washington Post over the course of the last week or so. Just a lot of, like, told, you know, I have a, I, I'm told that there's going to be a big story about the Redskins, or sorry, the Washington football team uh, coming from the Washington Post. Their lawyers are arguing with the team's lawyers about what should be made available and what should not be. And so, and it was kind of like, oh, geez, like, is there, what's the other shoe to drop here? And, you know, with that sort of in mind, it kind of felt it was I think it's going to be some of this. The backdrop to all of this mm-hmm. in the current current moment is this really ugly eat the rich kind of battle going on between Dan Snyder and the minority ownership group. Uh, the gentleman's name who I can't now remember was the FedEx guy and that. For those of you who are, I'm, I'm going to do a little explainer here. Gumby, how intimate, how intimately familiar are you with the entirety of the situation? Pr- pretty intimate right now. So, of course, the, the name of the minority owners are Robert Rothman, Frederick Rothman. Smith, and yeah. Dwight Shar. Shar, yeah, Dwight Shar is the one who. Yeah, and then the, the big ca- the catalyst is Shar right now. Right. So, j- jump in here when when you feel like I'm missing a detail. But, okay. The best I can explain it, and this is for someone who's unfamiliar with, sort of may have seen that there's some like weird stuff going on with Dan Snyder and like the ownership, but like doesn't fully understand it. Here is here's a, I think the explainer. The minority ownership group is deeply unhappy with Dan Snyder's majority ownership. So Dan Snyder owns more than half of the team. So if they were to sell the team, they were to liquidate the team, he would end up getting a percentage that is greater than the other owners all combined. So he owns something like 52% of the team. Correct. And the three that we're talking about here own 40%. So Dan Snyder, as the majority owner, is the visible face of the team. He's the one who makes the has ultimate final say on business decisions, hiring and firing. And he you know, is supposed to take his co-owners into account in some way, though they are they are there as minority owners primarily for the financial stake in the team. That's correct. So they're not necessarily like, you know, they can call themselves owners, but they're not like doing anything in the day-to-day the way that Dan Snyder is doing things in the day-to-day. No, and, and then Dan Snyder also in their contracts has what's called the first right of refusal. Right. So as, they're sell- as they want to sell each piece, he has the right to buy that piece first and then move on. And I believe on top of that, he can say, there are some set of circumstances under which he could say, I don't want to buy, like, I know you're putting your, your pieces up for sale. I don't want to buy them, but I can also tell you who you can or cannot sell them to. And that's a big sticking point because these guys, it's interesting because the value of an NFL franchise has continued to go up. Washington football team has slowed. So they were, you know, like the number two most valuable franchise in the country behind the Cowboys for a period of time. And now they're down to, go ahead. 
And when, when they uh, when Dan Sunder bought the team for eight hundred million dollars in nineteen ninety nine, I believe it was one of the highest paid for any franchise ever right. at the time. Right. And, well, and, the, and, the, and the rate of inflation has gone up such that these teams have agreed. become totally but I think crazy. Even at that $800 million in that, that high end, I think that people are even saying that it could have gone for more. Right. Uh, because, again, as you said, because of how the, the reputation and the idea of what the Washington football team was at the time was one of the best in the world. Right. And make no mistake, whether, you know, even though Washington is now like the sixth most valuable franchise, Dan Snyder. Stand, has made and stands to make an insane amount more money on top of the money that he already has based on his ownership of the team as equity and ultimately if and when he decides to sell the team, if he transfers it to a, his, his kid or like if he does end up selling it before you know he decide, you know he passes, um, the amount he will sell it for will far exceed and exceed inflation on the amount that he paid for it he will have made and not just in 1999 dollars but in whatever year it happens he he has benefited tremendously even though this team has diminished in terms of its prominence and price over the course of his tenure that's correct but at the same time uh dan snyder as much as he loves money his ego is even bigger of a deal so for him it's like uh, money, ego, and everything else falls below that. And this whole ordeal has a lot to do with ego rather than just money or just his anything else besides the fact that it's it's just his ego's on the line. He wants to be the owner. Yeah. He wants to do this. He wants to do that. And he keeps playing these cards. But continue. it's It's just, it's like rich guy shit. Yes. You know, like... You have more money than you could ever possibly spend in a hundred lifetimes, but uh, yeah, it's you're right. There is an ego element to it. Uh, so anyway, with all that in mind, there's been a lot of behind the scenes wrangling and accusations by Dan Snyder saying that this minority group, these these three gentlemen, are putting bad, you know, nefarious information of his out in public and that they are orchestrating sort of these takedowns that have happened with these reports of the last six to eight months in the Washington Post and that they were helping to funnel that information and had somehow, and this piece, I apologize, I'm like a little bit rusty on, he had like had a, they were using Dan Snyder's former personal assistant was a confidant with the Washington Post, and Dan Snyder then sued this company in India that he says sued him for li- committed libel against him, and as part of the discovery process, subpoenaed this woman's phone records. And it's this is just some like it's like true crime shit, and, and so yeah, and he's and, and he's focusing on specifically of those three again. Dwight Shar's name just keeps popping yeah. up as he that's who he thinks was releasing all of this information in his yeah. mind. Whether it's yeah. true or not, we don't know. We don't but know. In it Dan's is. head, that's what was happening. And mind you, all of this is happening in the midst of a season that's like, you know, started off catastrophically. And for better or for worse, um, people seem to have 
forgotten a lot of the bad stuff that was going on last offseason or the bad news that was coming out last offseason because they're winning. And yeah. that's, you know, part of me is like, man, we're so fickle. Like, how could we shouldn't be distracted by just some, like, truly nefarious shit that's going on. But now this sort of starts to crop up. And then today there is the article in the Washington Post that says that uh, Dan Snyder did settle a sexual harassment lawsuit back in 2009 for over a million dollars. 1.6. That, that is basically the extent of the amount of information that we got from this. I mean, well, we know that something happened on his plane, and but we can't, we don't know who the source was. We don't know who the alleged victim was. We don't know any of these things. Yeah. But this is enough to make Dan Snyder's life feel a little bit more uncomfortable and shine a light back on him in a way that's not what he wants. So kind of the background on that is, first of all, the something happened on a plane coming back from, was it the uh, Country Music Awards or something, something ridiculous in Vegas. Uh, so they're coming back from Vegas to D.C. Something happened on the plane between Snyder and this person. They then fired this person later. Yes. We and did. Yep. and, and then she sued, and uh, I, I'm assuming it's a she. Uh, they sued. And they end up getting $1.6 million for wrongful termination and also for the situation. But in yeah. that, they had to sign a letter of confidentiality. So they're not talking about it. They never came out with it. The minority owners involved in this, um, what they did was in court, they discussed this situation uh, as part of the reasoning that they don't trust Dan Snyder as a ma majority owner in this situation, right. as a person as a, as a person running the, or anything that's happening with this multi-billion dollar company. So that that's what they've come in and said. But again, they didn't release this. These are court records that aren't sealed. So the Washington Post got their hands on an unredacted version of the testimony that happened in court. So people are a little confused about that part. The minority owners didn't come out. They didn't with leak this. this. this it was just this. part of part of yeah. And so that sort of goes back to what the Washington Post was able to access. You know, those are those conversations that were happening a week or so ago that we knew that something was coming. Something was happening, and specifically from the minority owners, their attorney Adam Van Grack has had no comment about all this. So they didn't leak any part of this. Right. I mean, I'm loath to even. Provide, I, you know, if this is not new information for you, I apologize and hope that we were able to provide a little bit more information than you had on it previously. We're not trying to talk down to any of you. This is just, you know, we want everyone to be able to be involved in the conversation and know what's going on. It's no fun. And it all came out today, so we're just it trying did. to build what it we did. know. Um, so basically, my thought on this is I'm second and disappointed. And in many ways, not at all surprised. Not because of sort of his persona, but, you know, sort of, it just sort of, it felt like there had to have been something there, frankly. You just, I and maybe I have a cynical view on just, like, the owner class, but I feel like part of the reason, I, I've said this, part of the reason, early on when these, for the first two reports came out with the cheerleader stuff, and yeah. then the sexual harassment in the workplace stuff. Part of the reason I felt like it was not going to do anything is because 
the second that they make an example out of a guy he, can, he who's known as being pretty litigious and likes to be involved in lawsuits, he's he has dirt on every single one of these guys. If you looked really hard at any NFL organization, I will say that, I mean, this is really any workplace. I mean, frankly, we have a long way to go as a country, and I'll just put it that way. Yeah, no, I think that wrong. these these guys all have stuff that you know. Anytime there's news about an owner. And maybe it's not workplace stuff, but like owners have weird stuff in their past. We think about, and some of these are personal failings, and I don't want anyone to get confused about sort of my my reason for bringing this up. But, you know, like think about when Jim Ursay got tagged for like chugging pills and driving in his car. And like the Robert Kraft stuff, like people latch on to that. And that's information that they probably didn't want out in the public. And so Dan Snyder... They didn't want to make an example out of a guy because they knew that that might draw scrutiny to them. And the second anyone really started looking, they could find something. But with both of those items, no one like the craft and the Ursa, no one else got hurt. They didn't. They weren't. They weren't ruining other people's lives. They weren't. There was a yeah. an, there was an FBI sting for craft, and it disappeared. Ursa, yeah, it was down in pills. I mean, I could bad, go on like J- look, Jerry, Jerry Richardson getting fun, you know, Carolina, yeah, the whole thing. But but but, yes, but the, yeah. the, the, what makes this so important right now in this environment is is that these minority owners aren't people who don't know or are guessing. Right. They right. have facts. Yeah, they, know they know exactly what's happening, and they laid this little nugget out there in court and said, "We have a." We also got the rest of the alphabet lined up. So if you don't like A, imagine what else we have. Allow us to get out of this deal. And the other part is the NFL is involved in this. The NFL and their billions of dollars is trying to find ways to shut everyone up right now because they don't want this to happen because it hurts the NFL as a total franchise. As we all know, the NFL has had some really big shots on them recently because well they're idiots right it's just like so frustrating because you know like it's not surprising and you feel so kind of helpless to be able to make any sort of influence this in any sort of way like people obviously the answer is like hurt them where hit them where it hurts don't spend any money don't watch the games all that other stuff like a a general strike but you and I both know that that's not going to happen. No. He, there's nothing that can be done that's really going to hit him where it hurts. And I just feel so disappointed and disgusted. And it's just like mad that we were in the middle of a nice little run and kind of an, a good opportunity to kind of celebrate this thing. And maybe they don't deserve celebrating because th- th- this is sort of who benefits. And it it just it just sucks. Like we couldn't go six whole weeks without having something off the off the field happen that makes you just repulsed by it. Are are you? I'm pissed. I'm pissed off about this. I'm pissed, and I'm gonna explain something. And and this may ruffle some people, but I doubt it. But the Washington football team, former Redskins, have a fan base that's rabid. We have some of the greatest fans in sports. Yeah. When we talk bad about the team, we're often talking bad about individuals, the ownership, or something that we didn't agree with the way it was run. But if you notice, we never say anything bad about the fans. 
when we go to this uh, atrocious stadium that is FedEx, what makes it palatable is the fans. Yeah. What makes it fun is being able to see other people who, who are like us, who love what's going on. And, and we care more about what's on the field than off the field. I don't want to win in the offseason anymore. I want to win on the field. And I remember winning. Uh, I love tailgating with these guys. I love the burgundy and gold. I love seeing the family that is the Washington football club come together and, and make this beautifulness. I want us to have a real stadium. And the last 40 plus years of my life, I've seen this family develop. I've seen people get tattoos. I've seen people deck out their cars. I've seen people name their kids after players. I mean, this is a real fan base. And then I'm going to come back on this. The problem is, is as long as Dan Snyder is in control of this team, we are losing members of this amazing fan base every day. We had a football stadium that used to be full, and now it's not. Yeah. In 1999, the and we'll talk about Carolina in a minute. The Carolina Panthers were new. We we had just come off a Super Bowl in '92. We had some good teams. We owned from Philadelphia down to almost Atlanta, as that was Redskins territory there. We owned the Mid Atlantic as a football team, and. If we had done our job as a football team and kept winning or been successful at all, we could still have a big chunk of that. Yeah. Unfortunately, we didn't. Dan you know, Snyder let this team fall apart. That's true, but you are correct about this fan base. And, I mean, I can really only speak to it, <laughs> really, in terms of my experience with Hogshaven. We have very engaged commenters. We have very engaged readers. For... Yeah, I don't know sort of at what liberty I'm able to share this information, but for as bad a team as they were, our daily attendance on Hogshaven far outpaced our record. Yes. We were not the highest, highest, most visited SB Nation team site, but we were well above teams that on the on the field performed better than we did. And so maybe that says that Washington football team fans have a high tolerance for pain. I know that we certainly do. I can really only speak to you and I, um, you and me. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how this one plays out. It, it just sucks because you know the linchpin between this and the next thing to discuss is that we have spent a, an inordinate amount of time the last few years, really since Bruce, Bruce Allen, well, since Bruce Allen said the words, a, you know, damn good culture and winning off the field. Um, we spent a lot of time thinking about culture and, you know, Ron Rivera coming in and you talk about how he's a cancer survivor, which the whole thing is still just totally sugar to me, but they, he's, he's sort of talking about beating, the, beating that drum, building a culture, building a culture. Obviously we, know that culture can be influenced by the members of that culture, but ultimately there is a disproportionate amount of power that rests in an owner. Correct. But then on the other side of that, the real, the real bummer. I mean, I'm mad about the Dan Snyder thing. I'm obviously more mad on a human level about the Dan Snyder thing, but Dwayne Haskins, um, it, it it's so stupid. It's it, it so is. 
every single part of it is so stupid. Well, let me let me jump in there. Let me jump in on every single part of it. Yes. If it's let let's take the COVID out of it. Yeah. If a man who's able to go to a strip club wants to go to a strip club, I'm not ever going to stop them. No. I have no issues with that part. A man went to a strip club. Don't care. He can afford it. He's having a good time. Great. Yep. That's fine. But as you just said, uh, there are certain people on this team that have to wear the, the crown a little more than other people. And a quarterback holds that more than most other players. So you have this quarterback, first-round draft pick, who we have put all this idea and pressure on, and he decides, hey, man, I want to go blow off some steam. Okay, no problem with that. Go blow off some steam. But know your surroundings. Know what's actually happening. We are in a pandemic right now. We are in a situation where people are dying. You're playing a game and getting paid millions of dollars. All you have to do is stay home or be smart what you're doing. If there was a picture of him in a VIP room with a mask on with two people six feet away, yeah, I couldn't say a word. I wouldn't be able to say a damn word. I'd be like, well, he probably should have done it. People would say words. I mean, they would say words after, um, you know, I don't want to delve, and I know this is a football podcast, and we've talked very little about football thus far today. I don't want to delve too far into the game, other than to say they lost. He played poorly and then played better. It was not enough to win. They were playing a tough team. I mean, what else can you say about that game? But the, the thing is, like, this, today's events have taken the opportunity for us to really talk about this game. Out yeah. of our own hands. Nope. They've done that. They've taken it out of our hands. And Dwayne Haskins, and this is where he's he's an idiot. Everyone keeps saying he's an idiot. And I want to say, it's not the strip club. First of all, I didn't know they were open. Side note, I thought they'd closed them all. Yeah. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know where he went. But uh, don't go there because it's – a. did you see – he went to a strip club. He was surrounded by people, surrounded by them, mm-hmm. drinking, having fun in his face, no mask, no nothing, no care in the world. Yeah. That – is unacceptable on December 22nd, 2020, with a coach that has cancer. It's his second offense, COVID offense, for a team that's trying to fight for a playoff spot, and you are trying to become a a star in this league, and you finally, last game, get a second half that's reasonable, that you get a little air behind you, that people start liking what you're doing. And then you take a massive shit on it and throw every caution to the wind by being an idiot. Yeah. It's, um, he had a lot of high high stakes this past weekend. And I think he did enough in that game to not throw him straight in the garbage. Like, you, you sort of say, okay, they didn't win, they were outmatched, he didn't play great, but they kind of, he got within striking distance. He wasn't totally inept. And so you've earned yourself maybe another week or so of people's trust in sort of determining whether or not they t- turn on you. And you go and give them a reason to turn on you. 
in what is just one of the all-time biggest boneheaded. I'm just, it's given, you know, we, we heard behind the scenes, this is a team that really loves leaking. People love leaking shit out in the media. Early on, it was like, oh, well, Dwayne Haskins really has shown signs of immaturity. And, like, that's the type of thing where I'm like, yeah, okay, they did this to Scott McLuhan. They did it to DJ Swearinger. They did it to Junior Gallette. They did it to all these people to basically drag their name a little bit before they throw them out of time. They did it to Jake Rudin. Yeah. And so it felt to me like that was about to happen again. It's like, okay, here's the we've seen this play out before. They put a little bit of blood in the water, people start to feast on it, and then they're able to use that to, ju- to throw them out of town. And you know, because a lot of those accu- accusations, those rumors, those rumblings were very amorphous. They were n- you couldn't get specific examples on them. It was, "Oh, you know, Dwayne Haskins like really doesn't seem to want it." Or he doesn't really seem to have the maturity, or but it's like we're not seeing any of that, and so I personally am inclined to believe like okay, you're just trying to drag his name through the mud. But you know what? He proved all the rumblings right. He proved them right, and I don't know at this point if they had a healthy quarterback, they might have cut him by now. But but see, here's my thing, and again. Prior to what happened this weekend, every time they undercut Dwayne Haskins in the media, they hurt their chances to trade him. We right. talked about this already. They yeah. kept hurting, 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 hurting. Now he finally gets a game where he gets some points. He does some good stuff. He starts going, and you know what is the is, is a great thing to learn and to make yourself feel better? Another losing team to go against, like the Carolina Panthers. Hey, yeah. look. You can feast this weekend. All you have to do is do nothing stupid. Right. You, you can, can earn. You could earn yourself your next job in the NFL if you play a half a good football, followed up yes. by a full sixty minutes of good football. There have been so many guys who have played one and a half good games that have been able to make entire careers out of that. Think about how long has Chase Daniel been in the NFL? Well, let's talk about an even better example. Uh. Drew, uh, Drew Bledsoe, Drew Bledsoe got injured. Yes. Drew Bledsoe got injured. Drew Bledsoe was an amazing quarterback for the Patriots. Yeah. Did great. He gets injured, and all of a sudden, some know nothing sixth round draft pick walks in and starts chucking a ball, and he does okay the first game. The second game, he does a little bit better. By the third or fourth game, he starts picking it up. He was given a chance. He took advantage of some bad teams. Do you know who that backup quarterback was? Tommy Brady, dude. Tom Brady, the goat. The kid. I'm not saying Haskins is a goat. I'm just saying he's walking into another great opportunity against Carolina, and he just lost it. And frankly, my point would be that it is very clear. I think it is clear at this point, and if I'm wrong, I'll be shocked, that Dwayne Haskins is not going to be a good NFL quarterback. I think it's pretty clear. But there have been enough guys who play just well enough that they're able to string it into a long-term NFL career. I mean, there are... I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to start guy-remembering right now. Brian Hoyer, Matt Flynn, Kevin Cobb, Joe Garcia, or Jeff Garcia. These are Chase guys, Daniels. RG3 is still in this damn league. Robert Griffin. 
who did just enough that people said Colt McCoy. Mark Brunel. Mark Brunel, who can convince teams that they are between the 30th and 60th best quarterback still on the planet, and if your guy goes down, you can you could legitimately feel comfortable that he could finish a game and maybe start one more before you had to look at a more long-term solution. And Dwayne Haskins, I think, had the opportunity really to do that this weekend. And, I mean, by all accounts, he's still probably, we, as far as we know, he's still starting. As far as we know, on Tuesday, right now, when we are recording this podcast, he's still the starter. He's the starter, and they said that Alex Smith will start when he returns, but we don't know when that is. Yeah, we don't Um, know when that is. We know that the team isn't going to cut him. We heard that report, that they're handling it internally. But you have put yourself on even thinner ice there. And here's the one other thing that I'll say about this, and then I will... I think I've said pretty much everything I need to say, is that there are two things sort of at play here, and both both of them can be true at the same time. That at, you know, the NFL has had abominable COVID protocols, and they're an absolute joke. I mean, you think about, like, all these guys who get COVID on a Monday and they're playing by Sunday, or get COVID on a Tuesday and they're playing by Sunday. And it's like, it's a total joke. And they're not designed to protect the players or the coaches or the staff, but they are designed to um, put the product out there and give the idea, allow fans to feel like they're doing just enough in order to to you know give it to the masses. That could be true. COVID pro- protocols could be just like a joke, and they are. However, at the same time, Dwayne Haskins needs to he's he's a kid he's 23 i mean maybe that's still maybe that's an adult i don't know i still think 23 your brain's still developing and he is a professional and he should be capable he should be able to be responsible for himself in a way that he can not only uh do the right thing by himself but do the right thing by the people around him and you know, like he did a bunch of really dumb stuff, and I I think it is not un- unappropriate to say that the league could have done more. The league per- per- continues to not have done enough, but that also there is an element of personal responsibility and accountability that is necessary. And Dwayne Haskins has really, without beyond a shadow of a doubt, proven that. He is he is either unwilling or incapable of meeting those for fulfilling those obligations, sort of just like as a professional and as like a human in our civilization. You talk about Ron Rivera, like you can't be you can't be potentially getting your 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 coach who has who's been on chemotherapy like coronavirus. You know, and this team has done a fairly good job at minimizing COVID outbreaks within the organization. I think more than, they were one of the last teams, they may have been the last team to finally have a reported case. I know Kelsey McKinney at Defector.com is doing some really good reporting on this. But 
I don't know, man. I'm just, it's a real bummer, and it's more off the field shit. It's different than the Dan Snyder shit, but it's also not that different in terms of like just us having to think about things that are not football related. And what kills me is that uh, I, I talked about it on Twitter. It was I, watching him last week's game. He was starting, he was showing off all these great, his arm was getting better. He's making better decisions. He was, it was all starting to click a little bit better. Now, what was it perfect? Absolutely not. But it was starting to click. You're starting to see him develop as an NFL quarterback. And I said, he has all these tools. He just needs, needs to get out of his own head. What do you, I how do you, uh, what ones. do you rate? We did this early on when he was starting. Yeah. If you were to grade him on the curve, what would you grade him on the curve? Uh, he's at uh, yeah, f- between five and 10. I mean, between zero and 10. Okay. Like A, B, C, D. Like if you're giving him a grade. Oh, C. You're giving a C. I give him a C. Okay. And the reason I give him a C is because the, the first half still happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so his C, but the, a C is is still passing. Sure. A C C's is still get degrees. palatable. Exactly. That's how I got through college. But still, um, I, I got more than one C. Uh, but he did. He was passing. He was getting there. But you could see where it was starting to click a little bit. And, and he's still making mistakes and all that. But you see this development. And I said, and I said this, I said, he needs to get out of his own head. The yeah. mistakes he's making are inside of his head. Yeah. And he turns around and does this. He does something where he didn't think. He did something where he just did the wrong thing and fell apart. And that's what he does as a quarterback. Yeah. Where he means nice, he means good, he didn't mean to do this, I apologize. He went to the PR, he did the whole thing on Twitter, he said, oh, I apologize. And then he made his mistake. Twitter private. Yeah, and, and what has happened after that is that he, the kid's an idiot. He's not going to get better. We have another Robert Griffin III who has great potential but won't develop because he won't get out of his own damn head. Yeah, And this is going to be something – I know he's 23. People are going to yell at him and be like, oh, give him a chance. I don't want to give him a chance because right. the chances have been here. The chances have been opportunities. And if he was as good as he said he was going to do, if he was looking at Alex Smith or Kyle Allen, these guys who have been in the NFL for a while, and just looked at him and said, that's what I want to emulate. He hasn't done that. He's not going to do that. He's going to fall apart. He's going to get in his own head, and he's not mentally strong enough to do this game. He's not going to be an NFL quarterback for long. Yeah, and that is not to say that Dwayne Haskins is incapable of growth. But that is to say that the leash you have as a guy in the NFL is fairly short. Time is money for these teams. Winning is everything. And winning and making money are the only things that really matter to this league. Uh, and if you are more trouble than you're worth, both in terms of emotionally, like from an emotional standpoint and from a financial standpoint, you're not going to stick around for long. No. And most people don't get a second chance in the NFL. And he has gotten multiple chances. And then he, this being one of the better chances he has, and he turns around and just takes a massive dump on it yeah and i feel for the guy the thing is is that at 23 years old he's making mistakes that veterans should be helping him fix that whoever's around him isn't helping him 
they're making it worse. And and he's allowing that to happen because he's 23. But by the time he's 29, 27, 29, he'll realize his mistakes and it's going to be too late. Let's let's put it in these terms, though. At 23, were you a dumbass? I'm a dumbass now. At 23, was I a dumbass? 100%. Okay. Neither of us and, were NFL quarterbacks. No. And if I didn't we have had been, if we had been, we would have needed to be much less of dumbasses than we than we were, and potentially still still. I, at this rate, I think sometime in my fifties or sixties, I'll be ready to be emotionally mature enough to be an NFL quarterback. But uh, I don't know if the arm is still going to be there. Okay. Uh, so yes, uh, he's got to figure it out quickly. And I'm not. To, and then, and I will say this sort of just to put not not to put too fine a point on it, but to be very clear. He could come out and start playing at an at an NFL or even like a starter caliber level of play, but if he were even if he were doing well, this off the field stuff I think cannot stand. It can't stand. I agreed. And the thing is, he's got to figure this out yeah. now. Yeah. And he may be too late. He's a kid. Yeah. But he's a kid who only has a definitive amount of time and that clock may have just run out. Yeah, it's not it's not slowing down, that's for sure. And I think we'll also be very clear. Both you and I very deeply want to see him succeed. 100%. Both as a professional football player as a member of the Washington football team, a, fan, a team that we care deeply about, but like, you know, as as a kid from even from this area, as a you know, a human being who has thoughts and emotions and feelings and yada yada. But it's it, he he's really he's struggling. He's clearly struggling and I hope he is able to as you say get the mentorship and the guidance that he needs and is able to take this as a very serious thing. And I I think I hope that it works out for him. He's an idiotic kid right now. Yeah. There's we all were. Yeah. But he's making millions of dollars and putting people's people's livelihood at risk. He's got to step up. And it's it, he can't wait till tomorrow. It has to happen today. And even if it's not with this team, it, I want the kid to be okay. I want him to survive. And as long as he doesn't turn around and beat us in a game, I, I hope he does well. <laughs> that one game, I just don't want him to do well. <laughs> well, at the risk of talking about actual football on a football podcast. What? I know. We're like 45 minutes in and we haven't <laughs> talked about football on a football podcast. There, There is a very, 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 very important football game happening this weekend that as of this recording time, Dwayne Haskins is still starting that football game. So important that the Washington football team's game against the Carolina Panthers this weekend, a game against a team that is down and out. Washington, I mean, we'll talk about the scenarios in just a minute, got flexed to 405. And have you, uh, what other, do you know what other games are going on at that same time? I honestly asked that question in earnest because I'm curious if it now has us line up with any other divisional games. It does yeah this kind of goes exactly what you were talking about last week where uh we were talking about english premier league and how we're Hell both yeah. fans of it glory glory and man united 
glory glory but let's get into that after the season yeah 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 this. that's right um but uh the at the same time at four o'clock i believe the cowboys are playing okay and the whole purpose of the flex was yep. because they no one wanted if washington wins the cowboys are out the cowboys are out of the nfc east it's all over for them so they didn't want the cowboys game to mean nothing so they flexed it to four o'clock so we are playing at the same time as the cowboys interesting if we win, we could potentially win the NFC East. I believe that this Carolina Panthers game is a must win. I don't want to go into the last week against Philly having that be the must win. I want this to be it. Let's go against the lesser team. Let's beat the lesser team. But at the same time, the flex was for exactly what you said. They want Dallas to play. They want a good game. And as a fan, I want a good game. I think the flex is a good thing, and, and you've brought this up where it allows for more competition. Yep, it does. And that's important for my, my time, my money, my love of the game. I want the best game out there. And the Washington and Dallas are not playing each other, but they're going head-to-head. And if we beat Carolina on Sunday, I think we'll take the NFC East. So the Giants play the Ravens. We went over the schedule last week. Um the Giants, yeah. the Giants and Ravens go at one o'clock, and I think we made some picks last week. Uh, we'll talk about all of the picks, but we made some <laughs> NFC East picks. I think we got three out of four of them. The, the Eagles, Eagles lost. The, Eagles lost. The, Cow- well, the Cowboys. There was one hell of a game, though. The Cowboys. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. That's a whole. The Cowboys won over the Forty yeah. ers Yeah. R.I.P. Forty ers and then the Giants, they didn't they get the, they got their clocks cleaned by Cleveland, didn't they? Oh, Tw- yeah. 20, 20 no. to six. Was, yeah. And Washington lost, so I think we actually got Correct. all of the things, all the things that we predicted would happen happened. So yeah. now the Ravens host the Giants. The Ravens have to win. This is a huge game. Basically, all of them are huge for the Ravens from here on out. So they're going to be playing with a fire in their belly. The Eagles and Cowboys play each other at 425. Washington clinches the NFC East with a division title and goes to the playoffs if one of two things. There are two scenarios. Do you know them? Yeah. Okay. I, I know right now it's uh, – oh, I, I, if Cowboys lose and Eagles win, Eagles so, are still in it. So, Continue, yeah. so Washington wins – if yes. they Washington gets in if it's this one if they okay. win if they win and the Giants lose or tie okay or if Washington ties the Giants lose and Dallas and Philadelphia tie that's not going to happen but no that that's not going to happen but, so, but the, the, there's yes. a good chance that we win and the Giants lose yeah do you want those do you want the elimination scenarios yeah Absolutely. So, okay, so Giants are eliminated if they lose and Washington wins or ties. If they lose and Philadelphia wins or if New York and Washington both tie. So they need the Cowboys to win if they lose. And they need Washington not to win. Philadelphia is eliminated if they lose or tie or if Washington wins. So we need to win. Like this is a must-win scenario for right. us. If so, Philadelphia is done if they lose, or 
if Washington wins. The Cowboys are eliminated if they lose or if Dallas ties and Washington wins or ties or if Washington wins and uh, Chicago wins or ties. That one's a weird one. But basically, a win, a win all but guarantees you the division. But so, if, so if they lose, win. if they lose, they aren't uh-huh. out. They aren't eliminated by any stretch. They still, they still. But if they win, if they win and the Giants lose, they're in. If they, if the Giants lose and Washington loses, then everyone is still eligible, pending the outcome of that Cowboys Eagles game. So the easiest way to do it is is to win. They have been flexed. It's going to make things, I think, interesting. Sort of that that split box. The giant. It's the Giants game being at one o'clock. Washington. All three of the teams in the NFC East who are playing in the four o'clock hour are going to know what they need to do in order to stay alive, or in Washington's case, to win the division. So it is going to make things exciting. So I'm I'm for it. I'm all for it. I'm I'm a hundred percent for it. And and again, we we need to win. Like yeah. just it's a, it's a very simple philosophy where I don't want to think about week seventeen. I don't want to think about Philly. I don't want to think about the Cowboys and what the Giants are going to do and blah 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 blah. And I think that uh, Ron Rivera and and Del Rio are in the same boat that I am, where it's like let's just win. Let's cut out all the bullshit from this week, all the crap that's come out that. That has made today hard. It made Tuesday hard. Let's worry about Sunday at four. Let's just win. Yeah. And if I'm if I'm them, if I'm in the coaching staff, I'm pissed that I've had to spend any amount of time in preparation for a massive, arguably the biggest game in a almost a decade for this team. Thinking about anything other than the sixty minutes of football that they're gonna play on Sunday. And so I don't know. That's kind of where I sit. I am excited from a football perspective. I'm a little bit I'm disappointed and angry and really kind of feeling a very much an opposite way from the rest of it. And in aggregate, all told, I'm feeling worse than I am good. I suppose we'll just kind of have to see. We should be celebrating a bunch of stuff right now, but yeah, we can't. We can't. It's been taken from us, um, and it's it's painful because we're looking at the opportunity with a win that this team is in the playoffs. Right. Big deal. And we can't we can't enjoy it yet. Doesn't and, and doesn't happen too much around here. <laughs> no, it hasn't happened enough in, in the last twenty years, and I cannot imagine. The, the jubilation that would happen with the opportunity for us to go to the playoffs. Yeah, it would be stellar. And and we need it. Right now, we need it. As a team, we've earned it. As as uh, we've seen these d- defensive players pick themselves up over and over again, tired and exhausted, and, and get back in the huddle and hit somebody right in the face. I've seen McLaurin try to catch everything known to man. Where the hell does McKissick and, uh, and our tight end Logan come from? Like, like we're... It's been amazing. However, this season's not over. No. It's not done. They got a lot of work left to do. We have a lot of work to do as a team for years to come, but we need to end the crap. Yeah. We need to end the 
going to the strip club when it's not needed. Uh, and I specifically mean during COVID because again, the rest of the time doesn't really effing matter. Um, and, and, spe- and who's taking pictures? Why are you letting people take pictures? Sit. How dumb are you? I'm just going to go. It's two words for me. It is, well, I guess it's three words or four words, three words in a contraction. It is lack of situational awareness. Not being aware of your surroundings. And uh, yeah. I think that that would be a common theme for, for the I, player. I've been yelled at for pulling my phone out in a club like that. Yeah, can't do it. Yeah. They, they really, the bouncers, they, they, they came over, and I can't believe they smashed her phone right on the floor, but there were signs. So <laughs> Listen, it was my fault. It's my fault. I should not have worn all my dollar bills hanging down from my hat. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, I think we should leave the football piece there. Should we do picks? and? Uh, well, let's see. find out. How did we do last week? Yes. I'm a little, we, we, we threw some curveballs out there, and I, I made a big grandstand on, uh, massive spreads in some of those games. You did. Um, so to refresh our loyal viewers' memories, last week, or I suppose this season, last couple of years, I've been doing a pick'em league against the spread, and I'm pretty terrible at it. And so I decided to bring Gummy in here, thinking that with the wisdom of crowds, that two heads are better than one, and maybe that will allow me to not be so friggin' bad at this. <laughs> First couple of weeks did not bear fruit, and then two weeks ago, no, not this past, not this week, but last week, we were within a hair's distance of getting first place, finishing in the money, and just got outpaced on the inside and beat by a nose. Uh, so this week, we made our picks and finished with 12 points. Is that good or bad? That's pretty good. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, we finished with a record of nine and seven. I don't know how we, that worked. We had we went eight and eight, twelve and something, nine and seven. So we, I mean, we don't end up being the money, but at least we're not losing. Oh, I I misspoke. I misspoke. That was oh. F- this I'm so excited this for a this week, yeah, this week we had we were nine nine and seven. So nine. Oh, points. okay. Okay. Uh, that was three points back of the leader. Uh, just. Absolutely cleaning up. Third time this year that they've won. So, you know, nine we're not seven. far behind. You were you're getting like two or three wins, yeah. and now you're like eight and eight, twelve wins, nine seven. Like, oh, I'm helping out. You are. Um, though you made some grand pronouncements about large spreads, spreads of over what two touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, and you texted me in the middle of the, of the weekend with the Jets who were 17.5-point underdogs and then ended up winning by three in the upset of the year. And you're like, look at that. What did I tell you? They covered the spread. Not only did they covered the spread, they won the game. Don't don't bet against big spreads. And I go, yeah, well, what about Baltimore, who had a 13.5-point favorites who ended up Let's winning 40-14 to 14 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. But we took Jaguars the points. Killed. We took yeah. the points. Um, all right, let's do this week's. Let me, let me okay. pull them up. Um. Okay, you ready? You have your thinking cap on. I have my. Remember, I don't research this at all. This is off the top of my head as a, as football goes. Yeah. So, so we uh, yeah. we always have to read the our legal department, the cult of cult legal department. Our general counsel has us have read it. It takes ten to fifteen minutes to read this uh, this <laughs> statement, but we have to be legally covered in order to to 
absolve us of any potential losses that you may suffer from following our picks. Uh, New Orleans seven and a half point favorites at home on Friday against the Minnesota Vikings. Drew, Bre- Drew Bre- I don't, sorry, Drew Brees is coming back, right? He he played in this last game despite the fact that he shattered like every single rib is still in his body, like three if, weeks ago, three or four weeks if ago. Drew Brees is under center. I can't I can't say no to the guy. Like again, uh, Kirk Cousins is is a well, he's not worth the money, but he's a serviceable quarterback in the middle range. The Minnesota Viking fans are not loving the Kirk Cousins experience. No, no, for seventy three million dollars I wouldn't either. Um you said seven and a half points? Seven and a half points. Oh now Minnesota doesn't have anything really to play for, do they? Are they still in the hunt, are they? Uh no, and I think New Orleans clinched a playoff spot. So if Northern clinched is the the deciding factor there is is Minnesota still involved because they still have good players. They do Minnesota right now in the NFC North are they're done. Packers are eleven oh, so- eleven and three. The Vikings are six and eight. Okay, then I would take uh, I would take the the points with New Orleans. I would take New Orleans. New Orleans minus seven and a half. Because what, what's going to happen is that New Orleans, Drew Brees hasn't played in a little while, and he wants to warm up for the playoffs. So I'm going to say I'm taking Brees in the 7.5, so they're going to win by 10. Yeah. Uh, Detroit is 8.5-point underdogs at home against the Tampa, Bray, T- Tampa Brady Buccaneers. <laughs> Detroit's a show right now. Yeah. They are they are just bad. Yeah. There's there's no no one guiding the ship. There's no captain. It's a nightmare there's, over there. I it's feel a bad. Nightmare over there. I feel like, bad for Lions fans. We'll have to really we'll have do. we'll have to have a longer conversation about this. I have a lot of empathy for Detroit. So, so I'm so empathetic for that. Um, and they're bad. Yeah. What are they fighting for? They they're out. They're they're a game back of the Vikings. So they're in. They're five and nine. Yeah, they're they're done. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with the the Bucks. I mean the Bucks are gonna win. Uh, I Bucks think have a Tampa lot to uses... play for. Exactly, and I think Tampa's also going to use this as like a, a sharpener. Yeah, let's get our our, our our little more of our mojo back. We're sick of winning last seconds. Arizona four and a half point favorites over the moribund San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Arizona. Yeah, no doubt. It's, Vegas. San Fran's falling apart. Yeah, poor guys. NFC champion, reigning NFC champions. Crazy to think. Uh, Las Vegas is two and a half point underdog at home against the Miami Dolphins. Oh, I'm, I'm taking Miami. I think I agree with you there. Um, okay. Kansas City, ten and a half, who will clinch a playoff spot, ten and a half point favorites, ten and a half points against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, nah, I'm taking Falcons on the points. Falcons are 4 and 10. They're on a 3-game losing streak. But they've been covering spreads. They've been they've been putting up points. They're taking the Falcons uh plus 10 and a half. Okay. Fair enough. Like they've been they've been covering on the road. points. That's in, yeah. In Kansas City. Okay. Jacksonville, 7 and a half point underdogs against the Chicago Bears. So Jacksonville who got their tails kicked against Baltimore is going up against a Bears team. That are that, that has to win. Yeah, the, but the Bears are the Bears. I mean, they're seven and seven. They are still in the hunt, but uh, yeah, it's really they're not 
if you're, what's the point spread? Ten and a half? Seven and a half. I hate to give a uh, an entire touchdown for that, but I'll tell you what. I think I learned my lesson against Jacksonville. I'm, I'm going to take uh, Chicago at yeah, the points. I, you can't. You just can't. Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, Houston's nine and a half point favorites at home against Cincinnati. For some God, Cincinnati's so bad. For right some now. ungodly reason, why? Why are Houston nine and a half only nine and a half point favorites? Cincinnati is so, is pretty bad. They're so bad. Yeah. Like it, it's been. It, they're playing people that that they found on a bus. Houston down is the also. Street. Houston is also pretty bad. They're they're four and ten and are riding a three game losing streak. But are they putting up points? They have been. They've only scored three hundred and fifteen points this year. Their defense has given up three hundred eighty six. So three hundred fifteen points has them pretty. They're in the bottom half of the AFC. I, I would still take the uh, Houston. Okay, nine and a half points. I think so too. It's uh, nine and a half. Nine and a half. Okay, no, I'm going back. No, Cincinnati. No, you got to take Houston here. Joe. No, Bur- I'm Joe taking Burrow? Cincinnati in the points. My gosh, you're crazy. No, because I I think they'll win by maybe maybe seven points. I don't. I, they they both teams are bad. I just don't think it's going to be a, a ten point game. Like okay. honestly, okay. so so another nine and a half point spread. The the New York Jets coming off the win, riding a winning streak, are nine and a half point underdogs against Cleveland. Cleveland will take it. Yeah, I think so too. They'll win by ten or more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh. Ooh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Oof. Washington broke the Pittsburgh Steelers. They broke them. They, they are just, they, have... they are one and a half point underdogs at home against the Indianapolis Colts. They were talking about going undefeated, and they're one, yeah. one and a half point one and a half point. Dogs. I'm still taking the Colts. You're taking the Colts. There's, right now, Pittsburgh has nothing going for it. Like, they are just they're off the rails right now. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty bad. Um, that you, that the funniest thing I saw this week was the Juju situation. Like I saw, I, I didn't hear about this. You didn't hear about this? No. What did did you go on the internet today? I I did, but it was all about the Washington Football Team. They <laughs> Washington Football Club. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster has more TikToks than catches this season. That is a fact. <laughs> that is a stat. He has taken to dancing on the opposing team's logo oh, at the middle God. of the field during warm-ups for each of the last couple of games and putting it up on his TikTok. He, we're going to watch this together as soon as this podcast is over. He went for this ball over the middle and just got blown up by the Cincinnati Bengals defender who pointed at the camera afterwards and said, like, we saw you dancing on our logo. It yeah. was, don't, don't give people reasons to hit you. It was it was um, hilarious. It was very very funny. Cause that's actually kind of awesome. Uh, yeah, Indianapolis, uh, they are tied atop the AFC South at ten and four. I keep on forgetting they're good. That's Indianapolis is pretty damn good right now. Yeah. Baltimore ten and a half point favorites against the Giants. Oh no, no. I think I think I think the Ravens will win. I just don't think they're winning by ten and a half. So I'm gonna take the the, the points in Giants. I'm overriding you on that one. I'm taking Baltimore minus. That's 10. fair. Baltimore has a ton of work left to do, and I think the Giants are not very good. They they aren't, but I think that they they're gonna muster up 
does the last ditch effort just go and they they have a lot to lose too. We need to remember so they're going to muster it up. We need to remember which one my override pick is. Um, Giants. I know, like for next week or whenever, because uh, so, I know I had one last week, but I don't remember what it was. Okay, no. we'll skip Washington. The Los Angeles Chargers are three and a half point favorites against Denver. The Chargers who just cannot stop shooting themselves in the foot. Is Denver's it, not really playing that well either. No, they're both five and nine. Yeah, Chargers are uh, win, have won two games in a row. Um, I like Justin Herbert. I think, I think I'm gonna go Chargers. Yeah, me too. I just S- think they have better uniforms. Oh yeah, it's, this the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm gonna call them the San Diego Chargers for the rest of my life. They are. Uh, I feel so bad for San Diego. Sorry, that's just a, a side note. Uh, this, they have my. I think the best uniforms in sports. Agreed. I love the Chargers uniforms. We're gonna do. A, we'll do a uniform talk. In the off season, okay. Oh, and we need to talk about this maroon number. I mean, burgundy on burgundy thing. This, this, bad, this did not bad, work. bad, bad. Did not work. It wouldn't have been as bad as yellow as yellow, but our, our golden gold. But yeah. the it did not work out. Seattle's two and a half point favorites against the Rams. I think Seattle's to take it. I think you're right. They'll that, win by that, field goal. That's basically a heads up. That's yeah. That's a that's a head up. The the the, Ray, uh, the Ram, uh, sorry the. Uh, the Seattle take this one. They're on a good streak. They're playing so well. Yeah, I think the Rams are probably humiliated that they gave the Jets that first win of the year. I would be too. Um, the Rams are st- like they would be tied for the division lead if they had won against the mm. Jets. Or let me time that out. Uh, so let's not forget Seattle just won the division against. The Washington football team. That's correct. So they have nothing. They have nothing uh, to play for. Well, right. no, they've clinched at least a wild card. They're in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. So they, they also clinched the division, didn't they? They have not clinched the division. Are you sure? I'm looking at it right now. It says orange. Okay. Orange has clinched wild card. The Packers have clinched the division. The Saints have clinched at least a wild card. Okay, I'll still, I'll still take the uh, Seahawks. Okay, I I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> Uh, the 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 pickers the 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 people who are involved on CBS Sports every single you know they aggregate the amount of picks that everyone's done. This yeah. one is a perfect fifty fifty split. Dallas one and a half point favorites, one and a half point excuse me one and a half point underdogs against Philadelphia. Philly, you think Philly's just gonna take this one? I think Philly's gonna, I, Dallas has has put up a little bit of a fight. I don't think, and this is the same problem that Washington has that they can handle Hurts. Yeah, that mobile quarterback, like just like Kyler Murray, just like Hurts right now, just like you're talking about uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, they they can't handle it, and and the way they're playing is so good. And I would say, and then of course you know Russell Wilson. Uh, so I'm going to definitely take uh, Philly on this one. Green Bay three and a half point favorites against Tennessee. Well, that's that one's hard to me. Yeah. Ooh. As we, as I said, the Packers have clinched the division. Adam. Where's uh, Tennessee? They, they're still fighting right now. Tennessee, uh, they're in first place in the AFC South. They're tied atop the AFC South. They have the tiebreaker over the Colts. They're both 10-4. and four. Ah, Then I'm going to go Tennessee. Okay. I'm, I'm with you there. And then that's the Sunday night game, Monday night football. <laughs> New England is 7.5-point underdogs against your Buffalo Bills. Patriots have... Nothing to play for. Yeah. Yikes. They are dejected. They've fallen apart. They're lo- they're off the rails. Um, there's, awesome. there's 
It's cold. I love it. I'm. I will not shed I'm a so tear. Happy. I will not shed no, a tear. I'm, I'm gonna go all Bills. No. And then no. I'm saying 55 as the total points, and that'll bring us to the Washington Football Team is two and a half point favorites against the Carolina. We're gonna win. We're gonna win by more than two and a half points. Um, I think it'll be close, but I think we're gonna pull this one off. I think it's gonna be close to like a. 21 to 17 range. Uh, so I say, hey, Washington football team, let's do it. Shame on me because I am, I am conditioned with this organization for pessimism. And there is a degree of like superstitious, as Michael Scott once said, I'm not superstitious, I am a little stitious. That, in my mind, I know is irrational. That if I believe this team will succeed on the football field, that they will not do it. I just, something over the course of the last, you know, 30 years has built into me that there, you have to approach this with pessimism. Because if you approach it with optimism, then that's like hubris. And you have, in some way, contributed to them losing because you thought they were going to win. Obviously, that's crazy. Obviously, it's crazy. I know. But I can't help but feel that way. But I am going to be honest. I, I do think they're going to win. I think they're going to win this game, and I think they're going to win the division this weekend. I, I think you're right. And it's not... It's not. I'm not stitious about it. I think... I think the good, the good idea is that all of this came out today, Tuesday. Yeah. I think that gives Ron... A lot of days to just lose his ever-loving ass on everybody. To pump everyone up, to get everyone together and say, I'm done with the crap. We are in control of our own fate. Don't worry about what the heads like our idiots say, meaning you and I. <laughs> yep. It's time to play football. So at 4 o'clock on Sunday... You better hit somebody. Yep. You better throw a damn ball. You better catch a damn ball. Because it the fate is in our hands and it's time to take advantage of it. It's time. And I think on that note, it's time for us to start to wind down. Thank you all for listening. The Cult of Cult podcast is produced and edited by me, Brian Stabby, my co-host and director of social media who owes you a gift because we have now hit 40 followers. Woo! That's Gumby. You can follow The Cult of Cult on Twitter, at The Cult of Cult. That's all one word. We're also available on Untapped at Beastabby, and at D. Cumberland Jr. I have not had anyone follow me on Untapped just yet. Zero people. Maybe one of you will. We have good beer takes. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify by searching Hogs Haven, a Washington football team podcast. We ask that if you like what you've heard, that you do three simple things. You subscribe, you rate us five stars, and you encourage one friend to check us out. Makes a huge impact in our ability to reach new listeners. We know that your listening time is valuable, and we appreciate you for spending your time with us, Gumby. Happy holidays. I appreciate you spending time with me. I appreciate you, too. Thank you all for listening. This was The Cult of Cult.